So grab your notes out, grab your pens. We're going to jump in in just a moment. But before we do that, I'd like to introduce you to a friend of ours here on the Dream Team, Danielle Sims, ladies and gentlemen. Give, your, give it up for Danielle Sims coming to the stage. She does our sound here at the church. And so if there's ever been a sound issue, it's her fault. No. I'm just kidding. That's a great job. And here's what I brought her to the stage to do. Because today, how many have ever heard of the Lord's Prayer? Okay. So the Lord's Prayer is our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, that whole thing. So five years ago, I think it was, I brought you to the stage. We did the same thing mm -hmm. with three other people, yeah. two other people. And I said, let's see who could say the Lord's Prayer the fastest. And she won, ladies and gentlemen. She's been the reigning champ for the last five years. I say five years, but we haven't done it in five years, but it sounds bigger <laughs> than it is. So here's what we're going to do. Today, we're going to see if she can, how fast she can say the Lord's Prayer and then we're going to time it, okay? You guys ready for this? Are you ready? A little nervous? Shaking a little bit? Heart, heart palpitations? Okay, take a deep breath. <laughs> okay, on your mark, get set, go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power of the kingdom. Glory. Amen. 9.86. 9.86. <laughs> That was fast. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. It's not me. It's him. <laughs> okay, now, here's, here's, the, here's the kicker. I'm going to take you on. Here's the clock. How many think I could beat her? Now, three of you. This church is so supportive. <laughs> and you wonder why I go to counseling. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, here we go. Alrighty. Hold on. <laughs> All right, set, go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The kingdom come, and we will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the day, all day, bread, and forgive us our sins, and we forgive those who sin against us, and lead us not to the table. We deliver us from evil, for we just kind of kill us. Amen! <laughs> How many think that counted? That wasn't even, e that wasn't even English. <laughs> it was tongues, I was praying. <laughs> 10-13. 10-13. Give it up for Danielle Sims. She still won. Even though I didn't even say all the words. Amen. You say, why did you do that? I'll tell you why. Because that's often how we treat prayer. Like, let me just hurry up and get through this real quick. How many know God wants more than that? If you're a note taker, write this down in your notes. We overcomplicate prayer. We so overcomplicate this thing. It's, it's, it shouldn't be complicated, but we have made it complicated. And write this down. Anything that we deem complex, we disengage from. If we think it's too hard, we disengage. So we overcomplicate prayer. Then we disengage because it's complicated in our mind and in our view. And it's unfortunate because it's not complicated, but we've made it complicated. We think it's too much. And anything that you deem complex, you disengage from. It's like working out. It's like eating healthy. Anything that we think is too hard, we just won't do. We're like, I'm not going to do that. It's too hard. Can I take what you think is complex and make it simple today? Like, it's so simple. You're going to walk out of here. This is going to change your perspective on prayer. <clears throat> I want you to understand that in any relationship, the most important aspect is communication. Like it, but if the phone lines are down in, in any relationship, let me make it uh, applicable to the younger generation. If the cell phone towers are down, 
Like teenagers, you know what it's like when you don't have cell service, you can't breathe. It's like a third lung. I, I, you're, you're trying to walk around finding where's my coverage, where's my service. There used to be an old song saints used to sing back in the day called Jesus is on the main line. Tell them what you want. And the idea of the song is let's keep lines of communication open with God. Because how, how do you expect to have a relationship with someone you don't talk to? Which then leads us to feel awkward around the person that we're not talking to. It's like, have you ever been to like a, a family reunion and you meet family that you didn't know you had? You meet them and when you meet them, you've never talked to them before. You've never seen them before. And now you're supposed to have a conversation. You're sitting around the picnic table like, so... How are you? You know, like, it's awkward. Somebody say awkward. awkward. Well, guess what? The devil wants us to be awkward around God. Your family, like, your family, but you don't talk, so it's awkward. Well, your family with God, but if you don't talk, it can be awkward. What a great plan of the devil to attack our communication to the point where we disengage. We think it's too complicated. We disengage and write this down. Then we distance ourselves from God. We think it's too complicated. We disengage, and then we distance, we straight-arm God. And then we turn around and say, where's God? Like, he didn't move. We moved. He, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It'd be like you living a, a, next door to me, and then you move to Arizona, and then call me and be like, how, Sean, how come you don't come over anymore? I'm not the one who moved. You moved. Same thing with God. We, we move, and then we blame God. And what happens is, we end up either not praying or severely misunderstanding prayer. For instance, if I were to ask many of you, hey, could you just kind of come up here and close in prayer real quick? Like, just come up on the microphone and pray. Most of you would die. You would have cardiac arrest, <laughs> heart palpitations. You would, you would say, I, I can't do that. I don't know how to pray. I'm not that good. And here's what I've learned. It's, you don't, you don't know why? It's performance anxiety. You're trying to perform and impress other people. I'm telling you, you don't have to impress anybody else. You don't have to sound like anybody else. It's not like we're on a baseball team. I'm like, hey, you're up to bat next. This is not about skill. It's about relationship. So write this down in your notes. Prayer is just talking to God. That's all it is. It's just talking with God. You know how to talk. Talk to God. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. You don't have to try to sound like anybody else. Like, if I say, hey, would you just close in prayer? Oh, I, I, can't, I can't do that. Have him do it. Have her do it. She's much better than, than, than me. What does that even mean? I don't know how to pray. Why? Because we've overcomplicated. We disengage. We distance ourselves. You wouldn't say this anywhere else. You wouldn't go to, like, a fast food restaurant and say, you know what? I, I just, um, I can't order. I just, I'm not that good. Like, that girl that just ordered, she's amazing. The way she paired the cheeseburger with the fries, genius. I mean, this is, have her do it. Ma'am, could you, could you order for me? Like, we don't do that. I, I'm trying to make this simple. Is that, is that all right, everybody? Prayer is just talking to God. Just talk. And we have misunderstood this for so long. And what happens is, we end up praying prayers out of repetition instead of relationship. Come on, tweet that. It's not about praying prayers out of repetition. It's about relationship. How many have ever had somebody pray, pray this scary prayer over you when you were a child? You know exactly what I'm talking about. They're tucking you in. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. 
if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Night night, sweet dreams. See you in the morning. Or maybe not, I don't know. Like, what in the world? We praise, like, these, these repetitious prayers. God is good. God is great. Thank you, Lord, for this plate. Like, what are we talking about? Or we pray prayers like this, silly prayers. We start praying, Lord, Lord, bless this food to the nourishment of my body. Really? You want to go there? Nourishment? It's double-stuffed pizza and chocolate cake. We're basically praying, God, make up for my bad decisions in life. You know what I'm saying? Like... Uh, have you ever been here where you're about to eat and like Thanksgiving and somebody in the family just starts praying, but they pray way too long before the prayer, I mean, for the food? <clears throat> you're like hungry, hungry. Food's getting cold. And they're like, Lord, I just thank you right now for every human being on every city of every country in every nation. Lord, I just thank you for them. Bless them. Bless the whales, Lord. The hippopotamuses. Maybe it's hippopotami. I don't know. But next time I Google search, I'm going to fix that. But you know, Lord, because you created. You're like about to flip the table over. You remember what it's like? You're peeking through your eyelashes wondering if you take a bite, will anybody see? You know? <laughs> then you got the people who are like super spiritual. They over-spiritualize every, everything. Everything they pray for is like, thank you, Lord Jesus, right now for this chicken that was slain before the foundations of the world. We thank you for Foster Farms that saw fit to see this chicken lay down his life for us so that we may partake in the sustenance and the bounty that is set before us. What are you, what are you talking about? Well, the people, how, how many of you have the person that prays loud? I pray loud. Like when we pray in prayer meeting or like a church, I'm a screamer, I'm a loud. It's not that God is deaf, I just get passionate about it. But I can control it. Like, if we go out to eat, I'm not doing that. Some people just can't control it. It's like, hey, would you pray for us? Sure. Mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. Let's bow our heads. Let's go ahead. Let's all close our eyes. Father God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for waking me up this morning. And thank you for clothing me in my right mind. Thank you that if it had not been for the grace of God, we would be consumed. And I thank you that the Bible says that with the rising of the sun, there's new mercy. Thank you for new mercy. Thank you for mercy, mercy, mercy. Ah, key change, mercy. I said mercy. You're like, um, thank you, but this is McDonald's. Let's try and use our inside voices next time. <laughs> or, or you have the people that pray really, really fast. Like they just, they feel like they're, they're, on a, like, like they're praying like there's a clock, a countdown clock somewhere. Like, thank you, Father, so much for this day. Thank you for everything you've given us. Thank you, go before us, protect us, do everything you can. And she's name, they're looking around like, did I make the clock? <laughs> you ever have somebody pray with you? With you? with you, with bad breath. Those prayers are never short. Like they're praying, they're praying over you and with you and like in between phrases, you're trying, to, you're trying to sneak like a fresh breath elsewhere. They come over you and they're like, hallelujah. And you're like, Lord, we just thank you for Sean. 
trying to sneak breaths. How come people with bad breath always feel like they have to tell you a secret? Or pray for you. Long prayers. Hashtag breath mints are of the Lord. Thank you very much. Sometimes we pray the same name of the Lord over and over. Like, like God has a lot of names and we, we pick one. Like Father God. We pray prayers like this. Thank you, Father God, right now, Father God, for everything, Father God, that you, Father God, did, Father God, because you're the Father and the God and the God and the Father. Father God. Every other statement, Father God. You wouldn't do that to me. Like, hey, Sean, you want to go to the movie? Sean, you want to go see Spider-Man? Sean, Sean wants to be, I'll get popcorn, I'll get soda. Sean, Sean, you were Sean? Hey, listen to me. One of the Ten Commandments is do not take the Lord's name in vain. In other words, it means do not empty the name of the Lord the value, don't empty the value out. Take your time, slow down, and have a conversation with God. We don't have to pay, pray like somebody else. We don't have to pray at a certain pace or rate. It's not zero to 60 in three seconds. Sometimes it, I wake up and it's just like, God, I'm so sleepy. <laughs> but I love you and you're my father. Like, just take some time. Is this helping, yes or no? Because if you, if you don't feel close to God, here's what we do. We start making deals with God in our prayer life. Like, if you don't feel close to him, you're, you're like the guy who on Black Friday shopping, he's looking for a parking space at a, at a parking lot. <clears throat> he can't find one. He's like, God, if you find me a parking spot, I will go back to church, I will stop cussing, and I will be nice to people. <laughs> like, we start making deals. Like, if you do this, then I'll do this. And a couple minutes later... An open parking spot came, and he was like, never mind, God, I found one. You know, <laughs> we start making deals with God. Listen to me, everybody. Listen real good. Okay, ready? The devil has done everything possible to make us feel uncomfortable, confused, and, and like it's too complicated in prayer so that we distance ourselves from God. What a great plan of the devil to attack our communication to ruin our relationship. How are you supposed to have a relationship with a God we don't ever talk to? So I want to take what you feel is complex and really show you how simple this is. Okay, This is an extremely practical message that everybody's going to learn how to pray. First of all, James 4.8, James, the half-brother of Jesus says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Like, come close to God, he'll come close to you. Some of you are like, well, why do I have to make the first step? Uh, you didn't. <laughs> 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ made the first step. Gave his life so that all mankind can be free from sin. Come on, anybody grateful for that? Now he's waiting on you. Take a step to God. He runs to you, but he's not, he's not SWAT. He's not the SWAT team. He doesn't kick down the door of your heart and be like, boom, here I am. What's up? You know, like, I'm going to be your Lord. He waits for the invitation. And for a lot of times, Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That, we oftentimes use that for like lost people. He's talking to a church, like to his children. Guys, we haven't talked in a while. What's up? If you open the door, I will gladly come in. And I'm praying over the next couple of days, 21 days of prayer, that we open up the door wide open for the King of Kings to come on in. Amen, everybody. So Jesus teaches us how to pray, and he says the Lord's Prayer, which is found, excuse me, in two different places in the Bible, Matthew 6 and Luke 11. Very similar, but it's slightly different. And I want to look at these. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus says this. Hey, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. Okay, look at me. Is it okay to pray in the streets? Yes. 
Is it okay to pray in church? Yes. He's just saying, don't let your motivation be, I want to be seen by everybody. Like, don't be the peacock in prayer. Don't try to impress people when, with prayer. Just talk to God. I don't try to impress people when I talk. I just, just talk. Just be you. You don't have to pray in Old King James Version English. You don't have to pray loud. You don't have to pray soft. You just pray to God. Luke 11, 1 says it this way. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. But, which, by the way, if Jesus prayed, how many know we really need to pray? When he finished, one of his disciples told him, he said this, Lord, teach us how to pray. Like, they didn't say teach us how to work miracles. They didn't say teach us how to preach. Teach us how to pray. And it wasn't that these guys didn't know how to pray because every Jewish boy would have been raised with these memorized prayers the Jewish culture would have, but they saw him pray differently. Something was so appealing to the way that he prayed to the Father, God. And they were like, we want what you have. We apparently don't have that depth of relationship. We want it. Can you teach us? And so, in Matthew 6, verse 9, this then is how you should pray. Jesus said, okay, let me teach you. When you pray, pray this way. Our Father... Chart in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. <coughs> Excuse me. And lead us, to, uh, and uh, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts or our sins as we forgive those who have sinned or, you know, they have debts with us. And, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Like it en- ends with a big old Amen. And I want to break this up. It's usually seven points, but we've crammed it into six to try and make it more memorable for you. But number one, write this down. Start every morning with praise. With praise. Write that in your notes. Praise. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Now, really, it's one statement, but really, if we want to get, if we want to get deeper, we could just start with the first two words. Our Father. Listen to me, everybody. You need to be confident in your relationship that way. Our Father. He is a heavenly Father. And sometimes I really believe that the devil has attacked earthly fathers in such a way because he knows that if you have an earthly father who is absent, abusive, or aloof, you'll turn around and you'll project that same view of your heavenly Father. You'll think that he's absent, abusive, or aloof. No wonder there's been such an attack on dads here on earth. Like, it starts to make sense then. But you have to understand, God is a good father. He is the perfect father. He loves you to the depths, willing to give you anything that God, he, he's already provided everything that we need. And you need to be able to approach him as a father. He's an approachable God. My girls, when they were young, they would interrupt meetings. I'd be sitting in my room, like, talking with somebody in the church, and they'd just roll in, just, well, not even knock, just kind of barge in, sit on my lap, like, hey, Dad, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm kind of in a meeting. Oh, great. They knew I was totally interruptible. Same with your heavenly father. Hebrews 4.16, not on your notes, says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace so that we can receive grace and mercy in the time of need. You want to you you know that God is approachable. You don't have to approach him like, oh, is, this, is it okay? Am I going to eat in my presence? Such a worm as I. You know, he, you're a son. You're a daughter. He said, come boldly. Come on into the throne of grace. Pray anytime you want to. Interrupt anytime you want to. He's God and he loves you. Come on, say a good amen.
Now, our Father is what Jesus told us to approach him as. He, God has a lot of names. He's Yahweh, Jehovah, and yet Jesus says he, he really likes this one. Like when you approach him, I need you to approach him this way, our Father. Because listen to me, your view of God will determine your approach to God, which will then affect your relationship with God. How do, how do you view God? If you view him as unapproachable, you won't approach him. If you approach him as God loves you, you will approach him, and that will determine the depth of your relationship. And we do all this we, before we ask him for anything. Like, just love him. Just, just pray. You don't have to be fancy. Just pray. When my daughters were young, sometimes they would come in to my office, and I'd be busy, and they would just jump up on my lap, and I'd say, hey, what do you need? Nothing. I just want to be with you. They didn't know it at the time. They could have asked me for anything. You want a car? You want a boat? What do you want, baby? It's all yours. Because they just wanted to be with me. I'm telling you, that's what every father wants. That's what every, every mother wants. We just want our children to want to be with us. You spend some time with God, I'm telling you what, you praise Him first. You, you say, our Father, I have a right view of God. Holy is your name. And then I just begin to thank him and praise him for everything that he is to me. Lord, you're my savior. You're my redeemer. You're my peace. You're my provider. You're my closest friend. Lord, I thank you so much that you're the way, the truth, and the life. You're my healer. You're my protector. Come on, you go before me. You, just praise him for who he is. Remind yourself of what kind of God you serve. It gets you in the right perspective. Pray until your problems get smaller and God gets bigger. And I would even mind if you had a large portion of your prayer time as just worship. Put some worship music on and just worship him. Songs we sing here, it's magnifying God. Not making him larger because he's already as big as he's going to be. But in your eyes, you magnify him. That's why the Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Because we're in the world, you're in school, you're in work all week long. And pretty soon, the devil tries to magnify the problems and shrink our God. Can I tell you, we don't have a, a, a big devil and an itty-bitty God. We have a big God and an itty-bitty devil. Magnify the Lord. See him for who he is. Remind yourself of the kind of God that we worship. Amen, somebody. Start off with praise. Number two, pray God's will over your life. The section is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we want your will to be done. I pray this over every day. I pray through this prayer every day. And I pray for governmental leaders. I pray for uh, politicians. I pray for the Supreme Court justices, our governor, our mayor. And then I begin to pray for our family. I pray for my family, my nieces, my cousins every day. I pray for my children, my wife, for every day. Then I go down and I begin to pray for police officers, coaches, teachers. Just pray for any spiritual leaders. Every day I pray for our overseers every day. By name, I call them out every day. And then I pray for Israel because the Bible says if you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. And I want to be blessed. So bless Israel, God. And then I pray for the missionaries and people around the world, nations. And I call people out that I know of. And then I pray for our church. I pray for you every day. Like what kind of pastor would I be if I didn't pray for you? I don't know what you're going through, but God knows what you're going through. And I'm praying, God, provision, protection, influence, Lord. Bless them indeed with more than they need so they can be the biggest blessing they can be. And Give them influence and give them your presence and your power. Protect them today, wherever they go, on Highway 4, in the schools, wherever they are. Lord, bless them. Pray this out, everybody. This is your kingdom come. 
Not my will be done. It's yours before us. Your kingdom before give us and lead us. It's, Lord, we want your will. What is your will? Help us to know what your will is. And I promise you, when you pray his agenda, you get his attention. Well, what's his number one agenda? I promise you it's the lost. He loves church. He gave, Jesus gave his life for church. He started the church. But I promise you, Luke 15 is all about lost things. He's, he wants us to get on the search team to find those who don't know him yet and love people to God. So our number one goal at this church is to help God find his lost kids. And I'm telling you, during the 21 days of prayer, I want you to begin to pray. Write down names of people even that you can invite and bring to church so that they can have a life-changing, transforming time to know who God is in their life. Begin to think about it right now. In 21 days of prayer, we're praying. God, September, October, November are seasons where we begin to grow again. And, and man, it's, it's not that we want growth for us. Like, I don't need the church to grow. Like, look around. There's not a lot of empty seats here. Look, we don't need the church. To, it, matter of fact, the church growing is harder. It'd be a whole lot easier if we were just smaller. But listen to me. As long as heaven and hell are realities, growth is not an option. We have to grow. Come on, we ought to have a better clap than that. We have to grow. Have to. It's not an option. Years ago, one person came up and said, don't you think our church is getting big enough? And I was like, what are you talking about? That's the most selfish statement to say in the world. Like, we're in, we're safe. Close the doors now. Idiotic. Like, if you... If you if you lost three kids and you found one, are you just going to be like, hey, good, we found the one. <laughs> Our heart beats for those who don't know God. We desperately need to get the message of hope and healing and grace and mercy and love to those who don't know him yet. If this is your first time. You're like, man, what is he, what is he talking about? For those who don't have a relationship with God, we want to do everything we can to help you. Our goal is not just on those who are here. It's for those who aren't here. Amen, everybody. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're praying God's will over our life. Number three, we praise him. We pray God's will. Number three, pray for your needs. You have needs. Now, your prayer life can't just be a laundry list every time. So we start with praise. We remind ourselves he's the God who can answer. And the part of the prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, we need daily bread today. Provision health needs, security needs, relational needs, whatever that is, just let him know what that is. And he is the God who answers according to his riches and glory. And I want to encourage you, don't just pray and think that God is the one who provides for the big things. He provides the breath you breathe. He provides roof over your head. He provides the little things and the big things. It all comes from him. Number four, pray for forgiveness. Forgive us our debts or our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us or the trespasses, debts, whatever version you've learned it in. It's interesting because the first aspect or relationship you take care of is the one with you and God. This is where every day, every day you forgive God, you ask God for forgiveness. God, forgive me for my sin, the wrong thought, wrong motive. I did that. I said that. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I recognize that as sin. I'm asking you, cleanse my heart. Have mercy on me today, God. And the Bible says, if you do that, 1 John 1, 9, he will be faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. How many thank God for cleansing? 
But if you do that, the very next thing he is going to want you to do is deal with your relationship with people. Forgive others. Forgive others. Pastor Chris Hodges tells a story when he heard Dr. Youngi Cho preach something along these lines of the Lord's Prayer. Dr. Cho has the largest church in the world. It's a million people in South Korea, South Korea. And he's a little short Korean guy, and he's an amazing teacher. And uh, he says this. He said, when he got to this point, he says, every day I forgive so many people because every day I hate so many people. <laughs> How many agree with that prayer, right? Every day. Like, deal with it every day. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying what they did was okay. I'm not saying that what they did was right. It was wrong. That's why it hurts so bad. But you keeping that bitterness is not affecting them, but it's killing you. At some point, you have to release that, let that go, and say, God, I'm going to give this completely to you. Here's what forgiveness looks like. It's bringing their balance to zero. Interestingly enough, many people, the Bible says, forgive us as we forgive others. Many people don't realize this. They've been praying judgment over their life for years and don't know it. You've been praying, Lord, if you pray the Lord's Prayer, forgive me as we, with the same measure as, to the same degree as I have been forgiving other people. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but that's pretty scary based on how many of us forgive. We have to come back and say, no, 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 God, help me to forgive. I'm doing this as unto you. I'm going to bring their balance to zero. I'm not going to expect payment from them at all. Listen, you will need to learn how to forgive even though you never got an I'm sorry. But you don't do it for them. You're doing it for you because Jesus says if you don't forgive others, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. I'm telling you, this is one of the greatest tricks of the devil to try and destroy our communication with God and to try and paralyze us from moving forward because we are offended, wounded, and bitter and we cannot be used by Him because we are stuck in offense. But how many are grateful that our God, He didn't demand payment from us. He said, I'm going to forgive you and if God can forgive us, we can turn around and forgive somebody else what they've done against us. Come on, anybody grateful for the grace of God? Come on, anybody thankful for the forgiveness of Jesus Christ? He forgives us. He gives us the power to forgive other people. If you do this every day, it doesn't build up. Like if you don't pray every day, if you're not in this, and if you're not confessing this every day, that bitterness begins to grow. And the Bible says in Hebrews, it's a bitter root. Like if I deal with a little root, I had this one time, I literally brought this to church. I brought a little weed. It was this big. And um, not the kind that, <laughs> not that kind. You know. So anyway, I, it was a weed in my backyard. Little weed. And then... I brought another one six feet tall. I, I mean, it was so hard to pull out. But because I didn't address it, it got bigger and the roots went deeper. For some of us, that bitterness, if you pull it out when it's small, it comes out easy. If you let that baby sit, it becomes a bitter root that is difficult to deal with. Just deal with it every day. Every day. Forgive me, God, and forgive us. I release those who hurt me. I release those who are going to hurt me in Jesus' name. Number five, pray for protection. Pray for forgiveness, then we pray for protection. Jesus said this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is spiritual warfare, where really a lot of people don't understand spiritual warfare, but read Ephesians chapter 6, because it details how we fight the enemy. And you don't have to talk to the devil. Some people spend their whole time, I rebuke the devil. You, you're not, you don't have to talk to the devil. Talk to God. He's the one who fights for us. But there is a process of this. And, 
And it's not, lead us not into temptation. Like, that's a bad English translation. Because some of us are like, well, will he? Does God lead us into temptation? No. The Bible says other places, God does not tempt with evil. He doesn't tempt anybody. And if you look at the original Greek, okay, the, the New Testament was written in the language of Greek. It doesn't read, lead us not into temptation. It reads, do not allow us to be led. So we're praying for protection. Not just, God, get us out of it. Lord, help it never to happen. Or the enemy's plan that he has for us today, Lord, help that not to happen. We don't even want to walk down that road. Forgive us, but Lord, protect us in Jesus' name. Number six, remind yourself that it all belongs to God. Remind yourself, it all belongs to him. He says this, for yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. Not just now, forever. And then we end it with a big old strong amen. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Say, why do you say amen in church? Amen means let it be. I agree. Like when somebody's preaching something, you say amen, you're like, "Mm mm-hmm, I agree with that. Let that happen. Let it be, God. Yours is the kingdom. We're not building our kingdom. It's all about your kingdom. We can't do this by ourselves. We need your power. And it's all for your glory, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm telling you, man, this this is an outline. God didn't give us the Lord's Prayer just to recite over and over. Like, hey, give me seven Our Fathers. Like, is that what you want? In relationship, just robots? Some of you are like, yep, that would be great. No, you don't want robots. You want people to love you and spend time with you and talk to you because they want to. Just let this be a springboard every day. I started reading this every day until I kind of memorized the springboards, and it keeps me on track. Because how many times have you ever gotten a little spiritual ADD? Like you're praying, like, hey, God, I love you. Thank you for your grace. And then, hey, remember that? bike I got when I was in fourth grade? Like, oh, no, no. Pray, 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 pray. So this helps. This helps keep you on track. It's an outline, for like a springboard each point, and God will begin to give you words to say. Because I want you to know him. There was a Shakespearean actor who would stand before audiences of all sizes, and he would quote Shakespeare and poetry and he would always end his night with the 23rd Psalm. You know the Psalm? Maybe it's, it's the most famous Psalm in the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That, that whole thing. So every single night he'd end with that. And there would be a great applause. And people would just say, oh my goodness, the way you said it. Your accent, it's just beautiful. One night this grandma came and said, I've seen your show before. Would it be okay if I ended your, your night with the 23rd Psalm? And the actor said in his mind, he's like, this is a little awkward. Like, <laughs> I, I guess. Knowing that she would be no competition to his ability, his training, his expertise. I mean, he's been doing this for years. And he allows this lady, thought it might be interesting, a di- different twist at the end. He says, tonight I'm going to have this woman come up and she's going to say the 23rd Psalm. So she comes up, she says it. And at the end, there was no applause. But there was weeping throughout the crowd. Afterwards, this Shakespearean actor came to her and said, ma'am, I I don't understand. I I have been doing this for years, and I've never, in all of my years of doing this, I've never been able to move a crowd the way you did. How did you do that? To which she responded very simply. She said, oh, that's easy, baby. You see, you know the psalm, but I know the shepherd." I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want you just to know the psalm. I want you to know the shepherd. I want you to know God. 
And that comes through communication. Pray. Take the complexity out of prayer. Just talk to God. I remember when my daughters were young, they would talk to me and they wouldn't say sentences right. They just mess it up all the time. I mean, they're two years old, one year old. They're talking. Dad, dad. I didn't say, it's daddy. Dummy. What's wrong with you? Get it right. Don't say it at all. I was just glad that they were willing to try. Can you picture your father that way in heaven? Hey, God, I'm um, not really sure how I'm supposed to do this. But I got a lot on my plate right now. I've been carrying it by myself, and I just really need you. Please come to my rescue. I mean, just honest prayer, and he runs to you. Don't distance yourself from God. Build a relationship. The 21 days of prayer. Let's really, whatever your prayer life is like, let's just take it to another level. You don't have to pray all day. Just, just don't miss a day. Let me give you three last points. Number one, relationship takes time. Some of you are like, man, I want to go deeper in my relationship with God. Great. It's going to take some time. Number two, this is important. Schedule right now when that time will be. So starting tomorrow, write down what time are you going to take some time with God? Because if it's important, put it on the calendar. If you don't put it on the calendar, you won't do it. Anything that's important, we put on the calendar. So and there's a bottom line right there underneath that fill in the blank. There's a, another blank. That's for you just to fill in the time. So what time? For me, it's as soon as I get up. If I, if I, I don't want to do anything else before I do this. So I grab my phone. I read my Bible, the one-year Bible app. I read 15 minutes a day through the Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and a Proverb every day. And then I pray right after that. I pray through the Lord's Prayer. I pray through the Lord, the Jabez Prayer. <clears throat> I just want, I want to make sure that I get that in first. And sometimes it's, it's, you know, five minutes. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. Just pray until you feel connected to God. Don't leave there until you feel the connection. But what time is it going to be? Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m.? We're going to be here. I'm going to, I'll be here praying with everybody. A couple hundred people are going to show up. A lot of students. I mean, I, I was so surprised and pleasantly surprised how many students were here before school, ladies and gentlemen. Like, some of them have never seen 6 a.m. But they were pressing in, praying, leading the way. I thought, way to go, students. So if you're in town, I know it's difficult, but a lot of, a lot of churches are asking, like, hey, what's the, how do you do, how, why is the church growing so much? And how, what happened? How do you do that? Well, we got systems and strategies that we give them, but I'm telling you, this is the secret to the sauce. We pray. We call on the Lord because if he didn't show up, we are toast. So we're dependent on him. We're inviting him in. These seasons of prayer, don't just take it for granted. Let this, let this be an incredible season where you begin to draw near to God. And you watch. You watch as he draws near to you. Number three, write this down. Last point. Number three, prayer is to be enjoyed, not endured. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it. You ever been with somebody who's rushing you, trying to talk? You don't feel like they're interested in the conversation? Uh-huh, 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 okay, mm, bye. Don't be like that with God. Take some time and just enjoy it. Put some worship music on. Remind yourself of everything he's already done. Thank him for that. And then that gives you faith for tomorrow. Amen, everybody. The Lord's Prayer as an outline. Let's clap our hands and thank God for his word today. Come on.